0: Here we go for the right to play in Super Bowl 58 Keys to Victory. How the San Francisco 49ers can defeat the Detroit Lions on Sunday in the NFC Championship game. Injury reports. Uh, who should start at a couple positions. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of
1: the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. We appreciate you. And make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. Hit the notification, hit the thumbs up. We appreciate it. it helps us out. And of course, you can subscribe everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, make every moment more. And right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's all you got to do. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Ooh, speaking of getting started, Croc, my number one key to victory, I'm going to start hot. I want you to start hot because the 49ers have to start hot. Start fast. None of this rusty, none of this, oh, we're a little bit weird trying to figure things out, feeling out the other team. No, first drive. Three and out on defense. If you're on offense, go down the stinking field and score. None of this throwing the ball to the other team. None of this uh, wonkiness. None of this missed blocks. None of this running the wrong routes. Start fast. Put the pressure on the road. Underdog Detroit Lions. The 49ers did not play like a favorite last week.
1: You know, I think the best way to come out and get started fast, I know everybody wants to just run the ball. Man, maybe a little nice little stretch, play-action play, hit Brandon Ayuk on the crosser, maybe get the ball in Debo's Samuel, Debo Samuel's hands out in space, get some yards after catch, and get in a groove. I think that would be the best way to do it. you say Debo Samuel? I said Debo Samuel. Is he going to be out there, crying? He, you see the videos out there and he's running around and he wasn't running routes in it with a sling on. He was out there catching passes. Uh, I, I think he's going to be fine. You know, I was talking to my guy Lavelle Hawkins and Lavelle talked about some of the shoulder injuries he had while, while playing football. And you know he played a number of years in the NFL. And he said, man, Debo got to play. Like you, you just got the only way you don't play in this game is if your arm is falling off, shoulder got to be falling off. They're going to shoot him up, they're going to get him to tour it all, whatever they got to do. But Debo got to play. So I think the fact that he's out there running routes and doing those things right now, I imagine they didn't give him like a tourno shot to practice. So I think that's a really good sign.
0: It was really good news earlier in the week when there was nothing torn, nothing broken in. Debo Samuel Samuel's shoulder, so good news with the imaging that happened around that. And uh, since he didn't come back into the game last week on Saturday, and it was a three-week injury last time, and Kyle Shanahan after the game said that's pretty similar to what he went through last time. It's like, man, he's not going to be there. Maybe for the Super Bowl he'll be back, but I didn't think he was going to play. Um, but getting the imaging is probably big, so they don't want to put him out there on Saturday if they think something could be broken in there, and they could be doing. You know, worse damage. But when you get the you know the MRI and the X rays and whatever it is they're doing to his shoulder, and it's it's negative, which is a positive thing, then that means like a pain threshold. And you mentioned it, the toradol. Um, have you ever had toradol? Yeah, yeah. Does it does, is it just instantly you're good in that body
1: part? It's kind of dangerous because it just hides the pain. So whatever wherever you're hurt it doesn't like magically fix it. You just don't feel it for several hours. So whatever, and typically just pain in general, that's your body screaming at you telling you, hey, something's wrong here. This is not right. Wow. So if you get some, a door all shot and your body's trying to scream at you, but you kind of like put a muzzle on it, you're not fixing whatever the issue is. So you do go out there though. You can play. You don't feel a dang thing. And it's almost like um, when you go to the dentist and they numb you up, and get to work on your teeth and you don't yeah. feel anything, just kind of the pressure, I guess that's the best way to explain it. It's
0: like Novocaine for your shoulder, I guess, is uh, is the, the way Devo's going to go about this probably. And look, if he's getting in limited practices by the end of the week, which he is now on Thursday, that probably means he's going to play. And if you can play, you will play. And, uh, and actually, I love what Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle said. Uh, breaking. Debo Samuel was observed putting on a T-shirt and sweatshirt in the locker room. The man did not wince. Uh, That could be a problem, right? That's a great test. Could you put on a shirt? That's a good test to see if uh, if your shoulder's good to go or not. Debo could put on a shirt. He could put on a a practice uniform. He's going to be out there Sunday, Croc. Now, knowing what we know about Kyle Shanahan, knowing what we know about how he's dealt with injuries in the past, if the doc says, hey, Debo Samuel's up today, he's good. He's going to be active, and he's
1: going to be full go. Right. If he says that, I mean, I think you're really excited about your chances with the 49ers. You know, I listened to the crossover episode and you talked about one thing, right? Like a lot of times when Debo Samuel has gotten hurt in the middle of games, it seemed like he's the guy that they were planning on featuring throughout the game. They try to get the ball in his hands early. And all of a sudden he leaves and it kind of throws off the whole game plan. So this game, hopefully he doesn't have to leave at any point. Uh, but I think being able to go out there, practice, they are preparing for him to play. Let's just hope that he plays the entire game.
0: 49ers injury report is clear aside from that. No new additions to it. It'll be as it was last Saturday. And if Debo Samuel can play, then they'll have the same team they were able to have. Uh, one guy that wasn't on the field, though, for him, I think was going to show up later in our um, in our keys to victory here, and that's Cleveland Farrell. Maybe is he missed more than we realize on that 49ers, 49ers base defensive line. Um, here's a injury note from the chat. Frank Ragnall. The uh, awesome center for the Detroit Lions also hasn't practiced so far this week. It'll be huge for the Lions if he's out, even more huge for the 49ers defensive line. Yeah, he's really good, and that's a, that's an area of the field the 49ers could lose is the 49ers defensive line did not play great against the run last week. And that's a battle they could lose against the Detroit Lions, who have a very good offensive line and that's absolutely another key to victory trent williams at practice on thursday said penny Sewell is one of his favorite players to watch and said that he reminds him of himself and these are the last two seasons top rated pro football focus offensive tackles in the nfl L- last year trent williams was the highest graded player in the entire league he broke their grading system this year it's penny Sewell who's the highest graded offensive tackle according to pro football focus and so that's uh um, those are really good players but they don't Block each other. They don't play against each other, right? Aiden Hutchinson and Nick Bosa don't play against each other. So we we talked earlier this week, and there's a lot of fans arguing who's better, Sewell or Trent Williams, right now. Who's better? Uh, Aiden Hutchinson had a better season. He's better than than Nick Bosa, right? There's all these arguments out there. Well, they don't go against each other. It's the opposite, right? And so does Aiden Hutchinson even sniff Trent Williams? Probably not. He's probably spending his entire game on the other side against Colt McKivitt. So absolutely. A huge key to victory in this game, Croc, is is the trenches. And you can't lose that battle because the 49ers on both sides lost that battle against the Packers last week.
1: Well, I, I like that you started with the trenches here because, you know, I'm on social media and someone tags me in a video. of My guy, Darius Butler, shout out to guy, my guy, DB. And he's talking about how, man, if there's an area where the 49ers can kind of be had, the kind of the weakest link. I think it's the back end, it's the secondary guys, maybe guys trying to push the ball down the field. But I think the 49ers' pass rush is kind of living off of a reputation. They are not playing as well. And I really feel like for the last two years, outside of Nick Bosa, the rest of the line has not played exceptionally well. That's why you go out, you pay a lot of money for Hargraves, you're trying to figure out, trying to get it going. You go, you trade for uh, Chase Young, trying to figure it out. And even then with all those guys, it feels like it's Nick Bosa and the crew. And that's not, uh, you know, of course, Nick Bosa is so good. But if you don't get anything from Nick Bosa, which – if I saw correctly today, he's going on, what, four straight games without a sack. They they need those guys to pick it up. And the Detroit Lions' offensive line is pretty good. That is where if the 49ers have to win one area that's going to really help change the tide in this game is those guys winning up front. You have put the most resources, the most money in those positions. they got to step it up this week. That would be a huge focal point. And Nick Bosa knows it. Nick Bosa says, hey. We got to play better. However he said it, we got to play better. However he said it, I'm pretty sure he's trying to get those guys fired up.
0: <laughs> uh, I've got some notes on the defensive line, so I want to talk a little bit more about that next because it is such a huge key to victory for the 49ers to uh, stop that run, get pressure on Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. We'll get to that next. Uh, Jair Brown versus Logan Ryan. Who should start a safety? It's a topic we've been kind of teasing all week long, haven't had a chance to talk to it, uh, talk about it. We've got Crock here, our resident DB expert. And uh, we'll get into that subject and a whole lot more next. Today's episode of On 49ers is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you and they will grow. It starts small, ends up big if you don't get it off your chest. It's so important to let that out. Talk to somebody, especially somebody who's unbiased in your life get, get it out. Don't hold on to those losses, right? Get those losses out of you. And and that's what hopefully we help you guys do sometimes here on the podcast, but you might need a professional in some of those instances, whatever it is, your work, your personal life. Uh, it can all get to you. Don't let the big thing. Don't let the small thing become a big thing. If you're thinking about starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems in our life than our favorite sports teams, right? So it's important to get all of that taken care of. Check in week to week. Make sure you're hitting the points you want to hit in your life and down the right path, right? So just visit BetterHelp.com. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash, locked on to get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash, locked on. America's number one sports book, FanDuel. It's Championship Sunday. Tons of great bets for both of the AFC and NFC Championship games. 49ers favored by seven at home. The Ravens favored over the Chiefs by three and a half. But there's tons of ways to play. Live same game parlays at FanDuel. And right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, all you got to do is place a $5 bet. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose on that first $5 bet the app is super easy to use I mentioned the live same game parlays you can find new bets in the new explore tab at FanDuel uh, the parlay hub to find all the best and most popular parlays first touchdown score in the championship games uh, you can hit uh, tons of different prop bets for the NFC championship game and your San Francisco 49ers draft props as well as one of my favorites at FanDuel so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup FanDuel official partner of the NFL upon rewatch of the 49ers against the green Bay Packers in the defensive line. You mentioned how uh, it, it shouldn't be similar to how the offensive lines like Trent Williams and the rest of the guys, right? Uh, Nick Bosa and the rest of the guys, I would add Eric Armstead. It's Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa and, and the rest of the guys because Hargrave is, um, for, for how his build is, he was getting washed out a little bit in the run game. We seen that happen to Javon Kinlaw a lot, and Eric Armstead is just so good. And In fact, Eric Armstead might have the best game of all the defensive linemen for the 49ers in that one. Nick Bosa did get pinned by a wide receiver. A couple of bad snaps, but for the most part, he was really good. He had some impactful snaps as well. I really want to focus on the opposite side, and Chase Young. Chase Young flat out has to be better, and there was a reason Cleveland Farrell was playing on first downs for the 49ers. There was a reason why... Uh, chase young was more of a rotational pass rusher even though he's the second overall pick in the nfl draft for washington before they traded him to the 49ers and that's why he was only available for a third round pick uh you know freelancing a little bit basically the entire scouting report we heard about about chase young coming over from washington saw a lot of that on the field against the packers right biting way too hard running down the line of scrimmage and then they hit his side where he didn't hold contain whether it was uh you know a misdirection play handing it off to a wide receiver uh running back counter giving him a huge cutback lane or jordan love the quarterback able to escape from that side so just not doing just just freelancing too much is something that i've seen and then his pass rush his pass rush pass rush repertoire is lacking a little bit too. And he was, I think there was a little fire lit underneath him. I don't know if it was Bosa, just the trade or whatever, when he first got here, but it's, it's sort of waned a little bit. And, and that's a huge key to victory for me. Cause there's no Cleveland Farrell out there. If, if Chase Young is going to play the full complement of snaps, be on the, on the field, down in and down out three down player, rundowns, pass downs. Uh, He's got to be better. And, and so that's a huge one. To me, and the forty nine ers' run defense has to be better. They got to fit up the run. Um, They can't allow Jameer Gibbs, who's even more explosive than Aaron Jones, to get outside and make huge plays. And of course, the Detroit Lions saw the tape, and they're going to try to do the same thing that the uh, the Packers did. And they already do a lot of those things. did them last week.
1: You know, I know this would be more of an off season topic, but that's something that we discussed early. After the trade, right, like, man, you got Chase Young, you know, the position he plays, you know how much 49 value those pass rush guys and you want that productivity there. And, hey, man, is there a chance that they potentially want to pay him and not pay IU? I don't think that's a conversation anymore. I think right now it's you pay IU and you figure out what you're going to do opposite Nick Bosa. Uh, they've been throwing a lot of resources at that position. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult when you're missing draft picks because you traded a lot to go get Trey Lance, and now all of a sudden you don't have those first-round picks, and so then you trade and you go get Christian McCaffrey. Now you don't have a second-round pick, a third-round pick. So it's been really tough for them to kind of fill that void and figure it out. Uh, you know, yeah, Drake Jackson, and he's kind of dealt with either the ups and downs of being an NFL player or injury. So you really do need Chase Young to figure out a way to where he can at least have that one thing you can count on him to be really good at. DJ Jones, when he was playing on the Niners, he was in the middle. He's like, you know what? Every once in a while, he might give you a nice little pass rush play. But I knew one thing. I can hang my hat on knowing he is going to be really good against the run. And right now with Chase Young and the other guys opposite Nick Bosa, I don't know what they're going to do from one play to the next.
0: Cheeks in the chat says, Chase Young is an interior decorator seeing how hard he falls for the window dressings. Uh, John adds that Chase Young has more sacks than Ayuk. So there you go. If you're looking at who to (laughs) resign. Uh, I don't think it's even close if you're talking about if it's between those two guys. Uh, I use the, the, the guy that you're going to re sign there. Niners go back to the first round on on the defensive line in the draft.
1: I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Would you be surprised?
0: <laughs> Should never be surprised. If the 49ers go DL heavy, uh, whether it's free agency or the draft. Um, miss DJ Jones. Still, they've had a lot of trouble replacing DJ Jones. That, that true nose tackle. And I know it's a, it's a, it's a nickel league now, so having a true nose tackle is tough, but man, uh it's an important thing to have and I thought Hargrave and Hargrave's been good. He just wasn't that good on a few snaps against the Packers and um you know, he's your your thickest lowest to the ground defensive lineman. He he's got to be he's got to be better too. So, calling out the D-line, you got to win. You get this got this reputation, go win.
1: Especially if you are the Detroit Lions and you see some of the things that Aaron Jones was able to do and they're probably looking their chops saying, "Wait a minute." If Green Bay and Aaron Jones, and this is no, you know, I'm not talking bad about Green Bay. They're they're terrific. Uh, Aaron Jones has been one of the hottest running backs in the league over the last month, Um, and they have solid offensive linemen guys there. But everyone knows, like Detroit, their offensive line, they want to hang their hat on being able to kind of move bodies around. And they got this bruiser in the backfield. They got a thunder and lightning thing going on with Montgomery, with Gibbs, and they're going to figure out ways to kind of really pound up the middle with Montgomery and then get Gibbs out on the edge and throw some passes to him. So I'm pretty sure they're looking at 49ers run defense or lack thereof and saying, Hey, this might be something that we can take advantage of. And the toughest thing when that happens, when you have a a run game that is working very well, the defense now has to play it so honest and everything is open. So now it's like, Hey, we're either going to have to load, kind of load the bus, try to help against a the run. Then they're going to do play actions and hit some, you know, some deep over routes. And I mean, that's been the 49ers recipe. You don't want the Lions to be able to do that against the Niners. And Jared Goff is a quarterback that can definitely take advantage of that.
0: Speaking of Goff, uh, this all ties together with the 49ers defensive line. You got to fit up the run. You got to stop the run, put Goff into those obvious passing, third and longs, third and eights, and then get after him with pressure. One thing Jared Goff does not have, and the 49ers have played a lot of athletic quarterbacks because there's more and more athletic quarterbacks in the league, I think. But Jared Goff's not the type that's going to escape out the back door much make a bunch of big plays with his legs. So you kind of know where he's going to be when you get him in those third downs. And, and the 49ers need to put him in those spots and put pressure on him because he is much worse under pressure. Most quarterbacks are, Goff tends to deal with pressure worse than someone like Brock Purdy does. Pur- Purdy's really good against pressure comparatively most quarterbacks all quarterbacks are, are worse against pressure but Brock Purdy's better than average against pressure. Jared Goff, you can't really say that about. So, put him in those positions, you know he's going to be in the pocket. He's not you know, not quite a statue, uh but he's you know, he's not Dan Marino necessarily. But he can move a little bit, but he's not getting out on the run like Jordan Love, like especially not like some of the more athletic quarterbacks in the league. So, that's a huge key pressure Goff if they're putting Goff in third and longs it's ball game if they can get pressure on him because that's the key to victory to me.
1: That's definitely a big one. It's kind of got to start with Jared Goff and making him uncomfortable because uh, I think he's done a terrific job of utilizing the weapons that they have. Uh, You know, you talked ad nauseum about St. Brown and how you don't want him to be able to take over the game. And then on top of St. Brown, you do have a young tight end who is really ascending and really identified for the 49ers this year like, uh. Will he be there around the time 49ers pick? And the 49ers get Sam Laporta? Uh, they weren't able to, and the Lions drafted him pretty high, but he's been terrific. So you got St. Brown, you got Laporta, and then you have the other guys that work off him. Jefferson Williams, uh, the receiver out of Alabama, he's a guy who I thought was the best receiver in his class, and he's that electric, but... He was coming off of a torn ACL, came back from his rookie year really late, and then this year missed the first six games because the gambling stuff. So I think he's kind of getting going a little bit late while everybody else has kind of been in the groove. Once they figure out how to kind of use him in different spots and be more consistent, that's going to be tough. But he always has to kind of steal that home run threat and they try to figure out different ways to get the ball in his hands. I think this is a terrific uh, or a tough back end, or uh, excuse me, this is going to be tough for the 49 back end if they can't, first and foremost, stop the run game.
0: And they have an opportunity to rush the passer with more reckless abandon in those obvious passing downs, too, because they don't have to worry about the quarterback escaping as much. They don't have to worry about their sound rush lanes or anything. They can just go get them, and and that's massive in this one against Jerry Goff. All right, more keys to victory here, maybe some predictions. Let's see your predictions for Sunday's game in the chat as well. Next. Prize Picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. Prize Pick is the most fun you will have winning up to 25 times your money this football and basketball season and upcoming baseball season and all of the sporting seasons. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers with Prize Picks instead of battling thousands of other players including pros and sharks in the pool as well. All you do is you pick more than or less than on the stat projections at prize picks. You pick two to six stat projections, those two to six players. If you hit them all, went up to 25 times your money. And there's combo bets as well. You Go NBA and uh, NFL combo bets. And if a player gets hurt in the first half and doesn't return, that player is rebooted. Nobody else in the DFS industry has those injury insurance. So visit Prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app or go to prizepicks.com slash locked on prize daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, the back end croc Jair Brown was healthy and did not play, even though he was playing prior to his injury and maybe had his worst game as a pro against the Baltimore Ravens, but a lot of 49ers didn't have a great game against the Baltimore Ravens. What is your thought about having the veteran player out there? Even though Logan Ryan wasn't around for, you know, installs and everything from OTAs all the way through, he was picked up mid-season. The veteran in Logan Ryan is what Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes decided to go with in the first playoff game, and he didn't have a great game. Missed some tackles, took some bad angles. I think he fell down once or twice. Uh, it wasn't a good look for really the entire secondary. Gibson fell down once as well. The guy's running free in the back end into the end zone is never a good look. But for the most part, Jair Brown looked good as a rookie. He's a guy you traded up for with uh, with a third-round pick to get in the NFL draft and stepped right in and was fine filling in for talanohu Fonga. So do you go with the youth? Do you go with the the
1: battle-tested
0: veteran in Logan Ryan, Kroc?
1: If if I'm just kind of going off the vibes that they're giving right now, I would assume that they stick with the veteran. It, it, here's the thing, especially with the NFL and really what we've seen from the 49ers. Usually there's some kind of buildup to a guy potentially taking the guy's spot, unless it was just so bad. Right. And, uh, you know, one coaching thing that they've always said to us was, It's never as good as you think it is. It's never as bad as you think it is. So I think for our fans, we might see a couple bad plays and then, Oh my goodness, this is just the worst guy. Get him out of here. Get Jair Brown out there. But they might look at the other 50 snaps and say, Well, these snaps were really good. He was where he was supposed to be and had a couple bad plays. Right. So I don't know if that's what they're going to do. And maybe they do go with Jair Brown. But if you go back to, I want to say 2019, when the 49s went to the Super Bowl. Very interesting, some of the things they did that year. Earlier in the year, you had Keller Witherspoon playing extremely well. Then he got hurt. Who had the in for him? Jason Brett. But then he got hurt. So then it was Emmanuel Mosley. And Emmanuel Mosley played very well for a stretch of football. Well, when Witherspoon was back healthy, they ended up starting him. And then he had a game that was really weird towards the end with Seattle, and they sat him down, brought back Emmanuel Mosley. And then you're thinking, OK, when you go into these playoffs, they are going to go with Emmanuel Mosley. But they didn't. They went with the Keller Witherspoon to start the game. He got beat a couple of times against Minnesota early in that game. They said, all right, we're not playing with this anymore. Emmanuel Mosley, you're out here. You're going to be the starter moving forward in this postseason. Well, we haven't really seen that kind of buildup for Jair Brown, where, you know, you saw them potentially thinking about it. Like, you would have seen it in the game last last game against the Packers. Do you see them thinking about potentially putting Jair Brown in? And the fact that they didn't, maybe it's, well, the game plan and, you know, he wasn't as prepared because he didn't get as many snaps. But I have a hard time thinking that, okay, we're going to make that change right now. Now, now maybe they do. But we know how Kyle is. He doesn't trust a lot of the younger guys. And right now it seems like they don't quite trust, trust Jair Brown.
0: It'll probably be Logan Ryan. Um, that's, that's the vibe I get, and we'll see what actually happens there. And But it is curious, and I, and I wonder what exactly they weren't comfortable with about Jair Brown, if he is healthy, to not put him out there. And, uh, I mean, and you always get excited for the young players. You want to see the young players play. And it's not necessarily a doghouse situation, but it's a big game. They want to go with a veteran. I get it. I, I kind of would like to see Jair Brown out there, see what the kids got.
1: It's and never as good as you think it is, it's never as bad as you think it is. And I mean, he was he's played better than Logan Ryan has, too. That's the other thing. You know, he's your future, put him out there. I don't know how bad Logan Ryan has played. I do know that he has some a couple of bad plays. Yeah. You know, but if I look at if I go and watch the film and there might be some things that other people didn't even notice where yes. he did a really good job, or maybe he covered up someone else's mistake. You know, I think some people will point to on the goal line, there was a pick route and he wasn't able to fight through it. Then the guy's wide opening the scores, you know, Hey, you know, is there a different thing we could have done different uh, on, on defense? Could we have maybe banjoed that uh, to where now we can kind of, you know, switch off of him and you go ahead and take that. So I don't have to fight through pick routes mm-hmm. and I can stay on this guy. And then now this guy on the outside just comes straight to you. Uh, you know, that could be something. So instead of just saying, Oh, you got picked, you're a bum. and You're yeah. not very good. You could just say, you know what? Hey, we get in this situation again, and you have, you know, a bunch to the right. We're gonna switch it up, do this, so then they can't attack you that way,
0: dude. That's that play is becoming so popular around the goal line. You know, fourth, third down and shorts, and those types of plays, and it's nearly undefeated. And more, it. I think I saw that that play, uh, into some variation of that little one yard pick route combination, uh, in every single game last week in those four playoff games like I, it's I think popular and you have to figure out how to defend it. Cause teams are going to use it.
1: I think you can do it within one yard of the line of scrimmage.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's legal to, to pick them within one yard of line of scrimmage. That's the key. And yeah. it's, and it's, it's a big yard too. Cause you kind got to just be close to the yard. It's kind of yeah. like the illegal man blocking downfield thing as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, on offense, just real quick. And I see a bunch of predictions in the chat and I want to hear what you have to say about it. Croc. Um 21 Niners going heavy, 21 personnel and throwing out of it. I, I think that's one of the big keys in this game. And I think it's an IU game. Uh, the that's the biggest weakness of that, that Detroit Lions team is their pass defense. Uh, you keep the rookie who's been awesome for them, Brian Branch off the field in their base because you have to play big against the 49ers base personnel, the 21 personnel, two running backs, one uh, two uh, two running backs, one tight end, right. Twenty one personnel. Get the bigs out there, and then you can play action off of it, throw out of it, and you know we'll see what Debo is like if he's playing. I don't necessarily think he'll be a a, a decoy or anything that far, but maybe he's not as big a part of the game plan as he would have been if he was fully healthy all week long. I got a feeling this is going to be a good Brock game, and they're going to force him to throw, and he's going to be ready for it, and it's going to be a an IUK game. Brock and IU. Those are my early favorites for uh, the the big offensive players of the game for the 49ers in this one. How do you see it, Crock?
1: Well, I said well, I want to see from the 49ers. I actually want to see them come out and have a nice big hitter on the, in the passing game mm-hmm. early in that game and then yeah. get the run game going. So I think you see a big dose of Christian McCaffrey. Last game, they threw the ball 12 times to Christian McCaffrey. He had 12 targets as well as all the carries that he had. I think they continue to really get him involved and ride CMC all the way to the Super Bowl. I got the 49ers winning in a very close game, 27-24. I Also heard you said you didn't want you you don't think that 49er fans want this to come down to a really close game yeah. and it kind of rely on the leg of the kicker who you know Moody has been solid but 49ers are fresh off of having Robbie Gold, who never missed a playoff kick.
0: Yeah, I you just don't want it to come to that. It's not that I don't trust any of the the kicking game or anything like that. You just don't want we've talked about this a lot Croc, on this podcast is don't make it come down to a pl- one call by the refs one pi downfield right one one missed kick don't let it come down to that so um i got the 49ers 30 24 a few more points than you and niners by six
1: I right wouldn't be surprised at all let's go thanks everybody for making us your first listen
0: here on the locked on podcast network we appreciate y'all uh in the chat they said crock they can't wait to see the trumpets come out tweets in this game and you love the trumpets because that means good things are happening uh, somebody else is in trouble playing against the san francisco 49ers and we hope that is the case for the detroit lions and uh, the niners do advance to super bowl 58 and of course post game crock and i will be back with you to break it all down right here locked on 49ers